Hello. How are you? I hope you're having a good whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this. It's Wendy, and you are listening to another episode of I Love You, Please Stop, and other things I say to myself and my cat. Uh, Also, I hope you're warm. I don't know where you are, but I hope you are staying warm. I'm in St. Louis, and it's real cold. There's a snowstorm, like a light blizzard, like a mild blizzard, um, blowing across the land, and the temperature is 5. Anytime you can report the temperature, the same way that a little kid tells you how old they are, right? Just like, how cold is it? Um, This many? That's cold. So it's chilly. I'm recording this in fluffy cat sleep socks, fingerless gloves, and a hat. <laughs> and sweatpants, not that. It's just like, I'm fully naked except my extremities are covered. All right, anyway. So today we're going to talk about surrendering. <laughs> I'm also wearing... Um, clothes on my body. So, uh, and it's warm in here. I've had multiple people text me and say, are you warm? Are you warm? And I am warm. This converted attic that I have has an interesting heating system. It's, I don't know if you are familiar with trailer living, but it's got something called forced air heat, which is essentially, hmm, you know, in spy movies like Mission Impossible, if Tom Cruise is trying to sneak into a building, they're like, I know we'll get in through the ventilation system. That's what I have going on here. I've got this ventilation tunnel that runs along the ceiling of my apartment. And Tom Cruise could for sure fit inside. And it just kind of pushes out hot air. You're going to hear it probably during the recording come on and on. I normally shut it off when I record because it's so loud. But it's really cold. And it turns out some of these windows in my converted attic space are leaky. That's right. They're leaky. I think drafty is a word that we, drafty sounds like, ooh, it's a cozy, drafty apartment. Um, Actually, drafty doesn't even sound that nice that way. But, um, you know, there's cold air and snow, a little bit coming in, a little bit. It's fun. You know, I like to be like, ooh, I'm like in the elements. Uh, Who knows? I don't know. Uh, I've had a rough, rough week a little bit. Um, mm, But I, I do have heat. Been working a lot on gratitude. I do have heat. Uh, and also, you know, I, <laughs> oh God, I think I have asbestos too. I don't know. Does that poison you and make you a little bit lightheaded and loopy? Because something in the heat says, I, okay, if you're on the Patreon, I posted a workout video last week and there were these things that looked like dancing orb lights. And I was like, oh, these are Tinkerbell fairies bringing me good vibes. I feel so happy since I moved here. And uh, multiple people have messaged me to say, oh, that looks like maybe asbestos. Like that is not good and you should get that checked out. So um, whether it's a magical Tinkerbell fairy that's making me feel light and airy and just like feeling kind of good, or it's straight up poisoning from asbestos and I'm I have kind of like a glue high from it. Uh, either way, whatever it works. And I'm sure I'm intensifying. I'm essentially at this point just like huffing asbestos because the ceilings are so low in my apartment, especially in the kitchen, they're lower. And um, that's right. I'm in like a sloped attic apartment. Please try not to be jealous. And thank you so much for listening to the show where I try to like, <laughs> I'm the last person that should be giving advice on how to like, this is how to really um, change your life and turn your life around. Do you want to leave Manhattan and live in a sloped <laughs> attic apartment with poison, but like cute poison that shows up looking like fairies? And you know what? You'll be so fucked up off of huffing asbestos that you're going to think it's fairies. And you're going to tell your friends and family, oh my God, look at this video. I can't stop crying. I'm surrounded by fairies. And is that... 
So welcome to the show. And yes, you are following along my path. Oh, Jesus, maybe it's not a good idea. Um, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. We're all going a little stir crazy. We're all going a little stir crazy. And there are moments where things are good and you feel like, you know, life is okay. Life is okay. And then there are other times where I, um, for whatever reason, just do not have a lot of human interaction for a week and a half. And I start to go a little bit crazy pants, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, and, and I know that it's not all just like shit that I made up in my head too. I know that part of the reason that I'm a little out of it and just feeling overwhelmed and I had to do a, a major reset last night and even this morning. It's taking me forever to record an episode. I started last night, Sunday night, for like three hours. Um, and I it was just start, stop, start, stop. And I just went to bed and I was like, I can't even think. I can't talk. I can't do anything. And um, so today I picked a whole new topic uh, and we're going to talk about surrendering. Surrendering to life surrendering to the reality of the circumstances and how do we surrender in a way that is empowering to us. All right, let's get into the book so I can help focus myself and you. Okay. Oh, help me, asbestos fairies. Help me focus and get through this episode. Okay. (laughs) We're on page 26 in the book, Living a Life of Awareness. The title is Surrender. In the dream of the planet, the word surrender has a negative connotation. It is often thought of as a weakness or deficiency, the final act of a loser. But in my dream, surrender has the opposite meaning. Surrender is the art of letting go, of giving up the ideas of what should and should not be. It is no longer fighting the rain. But surrender does not mean you become a doormat. In surrendering, you're not going to start allowing others to walk all over you. Your intent, your yes, and your no are still strong. Rather, to surrender means that as you move through life, you change the things that you can and don't worry about the things that you can't. Good stuff, right? Uh, yeah, this is, I, I wish I would have read this earlier, like before I had basically, um, not everything, but some pretty important things in my life completely crumble around me and I would say a 48-hour period. Uh, and I, I just, whoo, it was emotionally exhausting. Financially, it was draining. <laughs> I had, oh, I should say I'm recording this on my new laptop. woo <laughs> So bells and whistles, ring them if you got them. Roll it up, smoke it if you got it. Uh, yeah, I finally bought a new laptop. I've been needing one for a couple of years. My older laptop would just randomly shut down and go completely blank and delete projects, things I was working on, video, audio. I would lose files. Um, would just shut down in the middle of a Zoom call, and especially now that everything's virtual. It didn't have enough storage, and yes, I bought storage, okay, which I think the storage thing is a racket because I got a lot of storage charges, and I don't have any extra storage. <laughs> um, but I wasn't able to upgrade to just newer operating systems for the Mac, for Zoom, and we're living in a virtual world. And uh, it's just this weird thing. Money is so interesting because I grew up, I've, as I have expressed, I'm familiar with um, a trailer heating system because a lot of my family, including the first few years of my life, um, were spent living in homes on wheels. So that's something that I realized recently that I might need to work on. This idea that in my brain, I'm just like, oh, I'm just a poor kid. 
I'm just a poor piece of shit from the wrong side of the tracks and I don't deserve nice things and my laptop breaks and uh, the well yeah well that's you're poor so you just aren't going to be able to make cool content you're just not going to be able to make uh, the stuff that would maybe be helpful for your career. All your stuff's going to look shitty and subpar because you're poor. Yeah, okay, so whatever. So just deal with it. You're white. You're trash. You're white trash. Um, so that, without realizing it, shit like that can circle in our brains and hold us back from doing things, not even just buying a new laptop or a new phone, but like buying a nice pair of jeans. Buy something nice for yourself. And And I know we talked about in the last episode the idea that like, it's all the matrix and you don't need anything except for yourself and your fucking bootstraps or whatever. But there has to be a balance, right? Because again, if we're using the matrix analogy, which of course we are, uh, <laughs> it's kind of nice to be in the matrix or like the book describes it, the dream of the planet. It's fun to engage in the dream of the planet and you may as well engage in it because we're here, right? So you do it safely. And the same with it, like my cat, I play with him with a toy on a string he knows at least I think he does that I'm the one playing with it because when he wants to play with it he'll put it in his mouth and drag it over to wherever I am and meow at me and then I grab the little stick and we swing it around and he gets all jacked up like it's a real thing like his eyes get all his pupils get all big and his buckets in the air and he runs around and plays with it that's I think how we should engage with the dream of the planet have fun with it, but also know it's not real and not, again, in some schizophrenia sense, but it's not the be-all, end-all to the point that we get so stressed out that we feel like we're, life is hopeless and, and we should just, you know, fucking kill ourselves or drink ourselves to death or we may as well just get high and be depressed or I may as well just stay in this fucking relationship because I've been here for 20 years already and we bought a house together or well whatever you know yeah I was gonna but I'm I'm 50 so I mean I guess I was gonna write a book but who cares what a 50 year old has to say now whatever it is like when I say remember that it's not real I mean it insofar as uh to just release the illusion enough to give yourself a break and not beat yourself up and try stuff that you want to try as long as you're not harming other people. Again, if you're like, man, I'm 50 and I never raped and killed a bunch of people. Well, maybe that's something that you just never do. Okay. But for other stuff, again, the book example is a fun one, right? That's a harmless example. Um, so that's what I mean. And when I say like, it's not, remember, it's not real. So like engage in it. And part of engaging in the dream of the planet is getting a new laptop and is buying a nice pair of jeans that make you feel good and is putting makeup on or putting on fake eyelashes because it looks cool. Like, and falling in love with someone even though you know one day they're going to die and you can never own it. Whatever, all that kind of stuff we're talking about. Like, that's part of engaging in it. In the same way that my cat plays with a toy that I'm throwing around for him. He knows that's not an alive fish. I, at least I really hope he doesn't think that there's really just like a hot purple fish <laughs> that randomly comes alive magically when I touch it. Okay. So that's how you want to engage. You want to, again, consume because it's fun. It's fun to do some of the stuff, right? It's nice to feel fancy and feel nice and, and feel adored. And it's nice to enjoy likes on your social media. Like all that stuff is fine. The problem is 
when we become addicted to it and we get our self-worth and our, our and all of our value from external sources. Does that make sense? Okay. I don't want it because it seems incongruent for the last episode for me to be like, we don't need anything. And they're all lying to us just to sell us stuff. And I'm like, you should, you know, buy jeans. Go for it, girl. You deserve it. Or boy. Or whatever. You deserve it. You know what I mean? So... I just want to clear that up. The idea is to consume without being consumed. And that's something that I try to walk that fine line every day because it's nice, you know. Man, man, do I love buying an expensive pair of jeans. Not, not so excited to drop 2K on a laptop, but what can I do? I would have spent that money on drugs in New York last year at this time, so I can't even be mad. Honestly, though. So, oh, let me just break down for you what happened. You want to talk about surrendering to life? Um, I had this moment of zen about a week ago, where I was just thinking about my life and I was looking at my bank account. And by bank account, I, of course, mean bag of cash that I keep hidden somewhere in my apartment. And I will not give out that location. <laughs> my address, I think, is posted somewhere on Instagram. Who fucking knows? So like, you can come by my place, hang out. Uh, I don't know a lot of people here. Uh, but I will not divulge the location of my cash stash. Uh, so I was counting money on the floor, you know, like a normal gal. And I was thinking to myself, man, my life is really great. It's not what I thought it would be, but I'm happy that I moved here. And all this like mindfulness and meditation, I feel calmer and my life is really moving in a direction that I want it to. I've got my relationships are good. I've got a few people out here that I know, but they're all very quality relationships and they all add to my life and I feel like I add to their life. And so that's really great. And for the first time in my life, I've got over four months of bills saved. I'm looking at it here, stacked up on the floor in front of me. You know, it's a good feeling. And that's right. Yeah, I'm 39. Sorry, Hollywood. And this is the first time in my adult life I've ever had more than one month of expenses saved up. So I know it's embarrassing for a lot of people, but for me, I'm like very proud. And I'm, you know what? I'm representing people like me, which is actually a lot of people now. Most people are like, fucking shit. I don't even have a half a month in advance. And it's stressful. It's fucking stressful. And so the feeling of relaxation that I had one week ago it was very nice. It was very warm. It felt like I was floating. I was just floating right in the middle of a calm, warm ocean. And I could feel the, the hot summer breeze on my face. <laughs> I, I just crank the heater up when I want to pretend I'm on vacation somewhere. And it doesn't feel so much like a tropical breeze. It feels like I'm in a convertible going 100 miles an hour down a desert highway. That's what it feels like. But I mean, either way, either way, it's, it's warm air. You know, I'm trying to practice gratitude. You know what they say, never look a forced air heater in the mouth. Okay, and I'm, and I'm trying to really practice that. Um, so I was very calm, though, at the beginning of the week. And I thought, this is so great. The universe really does provide. And I was being very zen and, you know, like kicking a hacky sack around with my eyes closed. And I was really feeling it. And then within a 48-hour period, my winter boots that have, they're older and they've been cracked in a couple places for a while, completely snapped. The sole completely snapped to where snow was just packing up into my foot. And then about 12 hours after that happened, I opened up my laptop to get some work done and the screen was blank. There's a little bit of flickering light behind it. You know when that happens where you open it up and you're like, hmm, okay, so something's happening, but not what I want to happen. Like what I would like to have happen is the whole thing to work, <laughs> not just a weird flickering poltergeist light in the background. So boots crack, 
laptop doesn't work. And, uh, the, and it was okay. I mean, I was stressed. Don't get me wrong. I was a little stressed, but I was like, okay, Wendy, you have the money to pay for this. You have the money to pay for this. And, and I know Apple does credit cards. I know they issue credit cards and I tried to apply for one, but I, and this might come as a shock to you. Um, coming from a 39 year old woman that banks in a plastic bag somewhere in her apartment, but I did not qualify for that credit card. <laughs> I did not, I didn't even hit submit before they rejected me. It normally takes like a minute or two to process. As, as soon as I hovered, the cursor hovered over the submit button at Goldman Sachs and Apple were just like, no, no, thank you. Nope, 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 nope. Goodbye. Goodbye. So I took my sack of cash and I was like an all-day trek because I do not have a car here. And, and in New York, it's, things are walkable. Here they are not. And here's the thing. This idea of surrendering to life is so important. It's not just about surrendering in action, okay? Because I think we all understand that. Your ship breaks. You need to go buy a new version of whatever that thing is, okay? I think we all understand that. The real work of surrendering to life is in changing your attitude. Again, like we've talked about before, it's not happening to you, it's happening for you. You don't have to go buy a new laptop, you get to go buy a new laptop. And it sounds dumb and it sounds so simple, but it really is that simple. Change your attitude, surrender your attitude. The feeling of tension, anxiety, depression, stress, Whatever it is, when we hit these points in life, for example, your shoes are no longer working, your laptop is no longer working, your car breaks down, your AC unit breaks, your heating system breaks, whatever it is, something big like that, that anxiety is real, right? Because we're like, oh, shit, I got to fix this thing. Okay, now here's the tricky part. This is the part of surrendering. <laughs> Not only are we going to surrender in action by figuring out how to solve it, we almost immediately, like honor those feelings of stress. I set a timer for an hour usually and let myself kick around and cry on the floor like a baby. Um, after that, you need to emotionally surrender and say, okay, this is what's happening. Because think about it. Say you're driving somewhere and your car breaks down. Yes, it sucks. It fucking sucks. You're in the middle of nowhere. Maybe there's no cell phone reception. You're just like, what are we going to do here? It sucks. Would you agree that the situation is going to be the same no matter what your attitude is, right? Okay, I think we can all agree. Whether you're pissed or you have a positive attitude, your car is still broken and stuck in the middle of nowhere, right? Okay, we can all agree on that. Now, be honest with yourself. What do you think is a more enjoyable attitude. Like what's more relaxing to you personally, regardless of the car situation? Do you feel better when you are stressed and screaming and crying and yelling, or do you feel better when you are relaxed and calm? Okay. I don't know about you. I like feeling calm. So it's about assessing the situation. When we feel that tension and stress, that's a sign that we are pushing up against life and we are not accepting the reality of the situation. We are not surrendering to the reality of what's happening in that moment. 
And that's, I think, what that is. I'm not 100% sure, but I was just, I've been thinking about this a lot this last weekend. Because not only did all my stuff break, not all my stuff, how dramatic, how dramatic are humans? <gasps> all my stuff broke. What happened? My laptop screen didn't work for like a day and I had to buy a new one. Oh, but did you have the money for it? Yeah, but still, all my stuff broke. Like, what a, <laughs> anyway. So not only did two things of mine <laughs> stop working as well as I would have liked them to, okay? But I had a trip planned. I was supposed to be in Austin this week to go see some of my friends, and um, I was going to make out with a hot boy and a rooftop pool, and I was pretty excited about that, and that got canceled. Like, back to back to back, just punches in the face this week. And that was honestly, my boots cracked and my laptop and I was like, you know what, it's fine, I'm going to be in Austin. I'll be in Austin in a few days and that'll be great, I can chill out. And I had the flights booked and the hotel booked and I just notification, like, everything is canceled. And so I shifted my flights over, like, up a few days. I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll go, like, after the storm. And then I did... All that work with the airlines to get everything moved around. And uh, then I'm not like four hours later. It was honestly like I was running all day like so stressed. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. I, I'm going to Austin. I got those flights changed. Everything's fine. Wendy, you're fine. You're good. And then I get a text that's like, hey, all those flights that you just rebooked, those all got canceled. And I was like, no. <laughs> I... I had this sensation and I said out loud to myself, I said, I just want to fucking scream. Even now talking about it, I want to scream. And I went to the gym and I was on the treadmill in a full sprint crying and like yelling into my mask. It was so intense. And even in the moment, and it's because of the work that I've been doing with you guys here on the show, when we go through shit like that and you have those feelings, I hopefully this has been helpful for you at least for me, it's easier to identify where I'm like, okay, this is an emotional reaction that I'm having to something. And I, there's a way for me to control this. I got to figure out why I'm reacting this way. Again, you have a feeling, you have a reaction, investigate it. Why do you feel this way? What's the root cause? Okay. And now what's our responsibility in that? Okay. And, and the, a lot of the stuff is like just pushing back against life when life is saying, okay, nope, we're moving in this direction. And you're like, no, but I want to keep going that way. It's like, okay, well, that's nice, but you're not, we can't go that way. I like to imagine it um, as if I am trying to get into a nightclub and the bouncer is like, you're not coming in here. Okay. It's like, go, go with me on this. When you push up against life, Again, it could be that something of yours breaks. You have to replace it. Now you're spending money and time and energy on that. That sucks, right? Like the text says, it's not what we wanted to happen. It's not about, but it's not about what we think should be happening. It's about what is happening. Well, okay, but that's nice. Yeah, yeah, this sucks, but it's happening. So now what are we? When I'm pushing up against life in that way and I start to get really stressed out and anxious, like, no, but that's not what I want to do. I like to imagine myself like someone trying to get into a nightclub and the bouncer's like, you can't come in here. <laughs> That's, and follow me on this analogy. So when we have a plan for what we want to do in life, okay, and whether that's to save a lot of money so we can go on vacation in a year or to save money just to have money saved so that we're not having a panic attack every fucking week or we really want to get married and have a baby with this person that we've been with for 10 years but they're being kind of shitty to us but we're like, ah, well, but this is already kind of my plan. This is my plan, right? Whatever it is, or you plan to have this great job and, and retire with this company, and then they laid you off. And you're like, fuck. All right, you plan to marry someone and they break up with you. No! 
It sucks. Shit like this sucks. Okay. But if it happened, guess what, babe? It's happening. Okay. It's a thing that is going on and you have a couple of options. We can deny it and say, nah, that's not what's happening. That's not what I want to happen. And that leads to stress, anxiety, depression, and general suffering. When we press up against life and we say, no, I don't want to do what you want to do. That's not great. That seems to be, at least from what I've noticed in taking a look at my life in an honest way, when I'm pushing back against life, that's when I experience suffering. Okay? So in this bouncer analogy, we want to get in this club and we're like, that place looks dope. Let us in. And the bouncer says, you're not coming in here. Okay? And we're physically pushing up, like, let us in. And he's pushing back like, no, you're not coming in this building. From our perspective, we want to go in there. We're like, this guy's a fucking dick. And he won't let us in there. And we're all pissed off. Now, we don't know why we're not allowed in that building. Again, it's not happening to us. That's probably happening for us. You don't know. Maybe there's a fire in the building. Maybe somebody has a gun and is running around in there. Or maybe it's a really fancy club and we look like shit. And he's trying to save us from getting made fun of when we walk in the door. Okay? We don't know what it is. For whatever reason, we're not allowed in the club. Maybe, and maybe it's a $100 cover charge. And he's like, you guys can't afford that. Or maybe, and honestly, maybe it's just a shitty club. Maybe we look dope and he's like, um... Yeah, you guys seem really cool, and that club sucks, and they're going to charge you 100 bucks to get in, and drinks are 20 bucks a pop. So trust me, I, just I'm let, help, help me help you and walk away from this club. So we don't know why. So when things like this happen in life where we think like, God damn it, that, this, I, but I wanted to go there, and life is like, no, no. I'm, you are experiencing pain and displeasure as a sign for you to find another way. And the sooner that we accept that and surrender to the reality of the situation, which is, huh, if we keep pushing in this direction, we experience pain and suffering. But if we move away from that and go where this bouncer is telling us to go, which is somewhere else, I don't know, but just not here. <laughs> a lot of times life doesn't even give you specific instructions. Like a bouncer's not going to tell you, oh, here's another great club with an address and a map and a drink ticket to the next club. That's not what happens. And that doesn't happen in life either. A lot of times you're just told like, hey, well, you can't go here. It's like, well, then shit, where am I supposed to go? Okay. And this is the point at which we teach ourselves the practice of surrendering, but staying empowered. Okay. Because there are two different ways we can surrender. In this bouncer nightclub scenario, we can feel so dejected like, oh man, I wouldn't let us into that club I wanted to go into. I guess I'll just sit on the curb for the rest of my life. I guess I'll just sit here and kick cans around. Okay, you could do that, right? But that's not empowering to you. Also, if we're being honest with ourselves, that attitude of, I guess I'll just sit here and kick cans in the street all night, that is an attitude specifically triggered because we took something personally, okay? We wanted to go into that nightclub, the bouncer said, uh-uh, you're not coming in here. And we took that as a personal attack on us that like, oh, I guess nobody wants me in the club. Uh. No, bitch, it's not about you. You don't know how many other people were turned away from that club. Maybe the club is closed. We don't know. All you know is the thing that you wanted to do is not happening for you. 
It's not happening in the way you thought it was going to happen. So now we have two choices, okay? Do we surrender in defeat or do we surrender and stay in power? Now, how do we surrender and stay in power? This is going to incorporate other practices that we've been working on here on the show, okay? For example, uh, with my laptop thing, I'll tell you, this is, this is kind of an easy one. When I realized I was going to uh, have the pleasure of spending all the money I'd saved on a new laptop and new boots and Ubers round trip to all these different places, okay, I thought, okay, Wendy, you have two choices. This is happening either way. So, again, like the stranded car in the desert, you can have a shitty attitude about it or you can say, okay, well, this is happening. Great. And just move on. And you don't have to be happy about it, but don't be mad about it. Why? What good does it do to sit and be mad? The thing already happened. So, like, getting mad won't make it unhappen. It's like, maybe if I get really, really pissed, the bouncer will let me in. And, by the way, think about it in that analogy. For sure getting mad doesn't work. If you went up to the bouncer and you're like, can I get in? And they were like, no. And you're like, what if I kick and scream and punch? Then you think it let me in? It's like, no. Not only are you not going to get let in, but he's probably going to throw your ass in the street. Like, now you're going to be doubly, now your ego is going to be injured. You're going to be sad because you didn't get to do the thing that you want to do. And now you're bruised and beaten up because you wouldn't just accept the reality of the situation in the, the first time around, right? You were like, no, I'm going to stand here and be mad and fight this. And it's like, okay, well, then you're going to get punched back. So I don't know what to tell you. So, like, you know, hands up, surrender, hands up. You just, no foul, right? Okay, got it, great. Not going to move on. You leave a lot less scathed. Is that a word? You leave unscathed. <laughs> That's what I was trying to look for, okay? So like in, in the laptop example, my way of surrendering with power was to change my attitude and not let it piss me off. And when the Austin trip got canceled, I was very upset about that. And I cried and I cried and I cried. And after that, I said, okay, you're done. You get one hour to cry on the treadmill. And then I had to just surrender with power and say, I'm not going. I'm not going to talk about how sad I am. I'm not going to say, like, oh, I'm just really bummed. That sucks. What good does that do? If something happened that was shitty, I'm sorry that it happened to you. Okay? But just like in the bouncer analogy, don't take it personally. And... Don't dwell on it because whatever you think you lost, you weren't supposed to have anyway. And the longer you sit on the curb kicking cans, feeling sorry for yourself, feeling like a victim, the longer it's going to take you to get to where you're supposed to be, whatever that is for you. Okay? In a relationship, how do we surrender with power in a relationship? If you're in a relationship with someone, and I say this all the time, that's physically hitting you, please try and leave as soon as you possibly can. If you need help with that, DM me and we will find resources in your area. Okay? If you're in a relationship, and this could also be a friendship, I, shit, I was in this situation recently, <laughs> where things were great for many years and then something just switched and it became not very pleasant. If you're in a relationship where your partner is not very nice to you, again, romantic partner, friend, anyone, you feel like you're being yelled at or attacked or you're just not getting the affection that you want from your partner and you've expressed it to them, right? 
We talk about this. Take responsibility for your part in this. So you start being nice. You start showing affection. And they're just just shutting you down at every angle. And you're like, this is not healthy. How do we surrender with power in that situation? You walk away. We don't surrender in a way that's like, well, I guess I'll just be in a sexless marriage the rest of my life. I guess that's just it. Because I'm just stuck. I guess I'll just be friends with someone that's always putting me down. Whatever. I mean, we've been friends for so long. I guess it's just how it's going to be. No. Surrendering in that type of situation is to surrender. You're not surrendering to the person. And that's where it's tricky, I think, when you're dealing with relationships. You're not surrendering to the person. You need to surrender to the reality of the situation. Okay, so in the relationship example, a lot of us get in relationships and they're great. Friendships or otherwise. Most people don't start being friends with or start dating someone who's like an asshole. You start hanging out with someone because you're like, oh, I like the way you make me feel and we're nice to each other and we have fun. And sometimes that lasts forever and ever and ever and sometimes it doesn't. And when it starts to turn, you don't surrender to a life of misery with that person you're going to surrender to the reality. You're going to let go of this idea of what you think should be. And what am I talking about in relationships? I think anyone who stayed in a relationship that has gone sour for too long will be familiar with this conversation or pattern of thought. Yeah, I know. Well, they're like... They're just really mean lately. I don't know. It's weird because they used to be so nice. They never were like this. And it's really not that often. It's only sometimes. But yeah, I mean, it used to be really good and we've talked about it and, you know, but I mean, it's just as weird. Does that sound familiar in any way, shape or form? Okay. Anytime you are making an excuse to yourself or to your friends or your family members for a partner or a friend's behavior towards you or someone's treatment of you, anytime you find yourself defending someone's shitty behavior towards you, that's a red flag. That's a red flag. Like, yeah, well, he tells me I'm fat and worthless all the time, but he's a really good cook. Okay? It's like, okay, super, great. How about you break up with that guy, move out, and I'll buy you a crock pot. What are we talking about here? You cannot keep denying the reality of your life. You just can't. I mean, you can. Let me take it back. You can. You will not feel very good. It does not feel nice. Again, Anytime you are experiencing negative emotions or feelings, I want you to really be honest with yourself and think about it and notice in which way those negative feelings are being caused by you pushing back against life, by you trying to get into that nightclub. And life is like, no, baby, I know you want to come in here. I know, but like, it's not happening. I can't tell you why. You just can't come in here right now. Okay. And this idea that, like, well, we've been together for 10 years and we own property and, well, I was planning to get married and I'm too old now. It's crazy. Stop. Whatever it is, this age thing, too, and I know we talk about it, but, like, whatever it is you want to do in your life, you can do it. Because one day when you're on your deathbed, one day, if you are lucky enough to um, live a long life, and be lying on a deathbed where you have time to really think about shit before you go, 
Imagine yourself there now. Just take a minute. If you're stressed out, like, I can't leave this relationship, or I'll never find anyone, or I can't leave this job, or I don't want to try, or that's too scary, or what's the point of changing my attitude, or like, yeah, well, I mean, this is my favorite one with talking about this kind of stuff. People are like, yeah, well, it's just like, my brain just doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's just not that easy to just change your attitude, Wendy. It's just not that easy to just change your thoughts when it's like... <laughs> Okay, so you're negating, like, the premise that you have control over your life and circumstances on a foundational level, okay? Even that kind of stuff. I want you to picture yourself on your deathbed in your 80s or something and look back on your life. And I want you to think about this. How silly are you going to feel when you realize, oh, wait a minute, shit, I could have done whatever I wanted because I was going to die anyway. The story ends one way, folks. <laughs> and it's not with us um, living eternally in these bodies on earth. Your body's going to cease to work, much like my laptop did. <laughs> okay? One day, it's not going to power up all the way, and it's, it, it's lights out. So... And I'm not saying that to be morbid or to like incite fear, anxiety. That should give you a sense of freedom to really enjoy your life. And whatever it is that's causing you stress, depression, anxiety, if you hate your job or you want a job where you make more money, find something else. And I know right now it's difficult. I get it. It's the pandemic. I know it's difficult. Find a side hustle. Go look for something online. Just look. Again, you might not find something, but just the act of looking around for another job. Or I don't know if you're like, well, I hate this job, but I really like making earrings. Cool. Go on Etsy and sell earrings. Whatever the thing is, do it. Just do it. Okay? Like there's there's no other way out of this life than the death of your physical body, which is why I personally really like doing these um, little meditative practices with you guys because, again, and I hope it's the same for you, I find this shit so helpful, okay? Um, so we're going to start the meditation. Let me put some music on. All right, let's wind down. Mm. Okay. Is that a good way to start a meditation? It's like, and you're going to be dead one day, whether you like it or not. Now inhale. Ah. <laughs> oh, I mean, life is fun and ridiculous. And if we can't laugh at ourselves and try to just, you know, move forward in a, in a harmless way, what, what else are we doing? You know, we got to try to have a good time. Uh, okay, so speaking of having a good time, I want you to have a good time and get nice and cozy someplace. Mm -hmm. You like that segue? <laughs> Let's get flat on the floor, sit in a chair, maybe lay out flat on your bed, whatever is most comfortable for you. Wiggle your fingers and your toes. Make sure we've got tension out of there. Roll your neck out a little bit. Just loosen your body. Roll your shoulders a bit. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it at the top. meditation, 
going to visualize one of those carnival games. Okay, just go with me here. You know those games where you have the water gun and you shoot it into the clown's mouth, right, to make the thing go up higher, or you're shooting water on a bullet to make the horse race further or whatever it is? Okay, the, the, the water gun thing is what I want you to visualize. Okay, great. Um, so visualize that. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to pull up in your mind's eye right now the point of tension that you've been thinking about throughout the episode. Something in your life that when you think about just ugh, fills you with anxiety. Could be rage, could be depression, but some kind of a negative feeling where you go, oh, God, I don't like that. Okay. This could be the status of your relationship. This could be the fact that you do not have a relationship. Someone could have just broken up with you. All right. Uh, maybe your job sucks. Maybe you wish you could make more money. Maybe you just lost your job. Okay. Or maybe your laptop just broke down. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different things, right? And endless options in this life of things that are stressing us out and driving us to the brink of insanity, okay? So pick that thing, whatever it is. It can even be something like you're upset about the first love you ever had 25 years ago. Whatever this thing is that's nagging at you that when you think about it, pain comes up. There's suffering attached to this thought and this thing in your life. Pull that up in your mind's eye. I want you to look at that. I want you to see it. Okay, whether you see it as an image or whether you see it as words, however works best for you, I want you to visualize it there. The second thing I want you to visualize in your mind's eye is what you would like to have happen in that situation. So we're going to call that your desired outcome. Okay, what would you like to have happen in your relationship, in your job? in your life. What would you like to have happen? Or if something terrible happened and you're like, man, I wish it would have worked out differently. That still is a desired outcome that you're hanging on to. So be specific and be honest with yourself. What is your desired outcome for this specific um, like trigger of suffering that is recurring in your life? Okay, get those two things in your mind's eye. And I want you to picture them just side by side, floating, almost like on a screen. Okay? So get those focused on those. Let's take two deep breaths in here while you're setting that up in your mind. So inhale. Hold it at the top. And exhale. Good. Nice deep breath in. Hold it at the top. And exhale. Good. And if you're getting emotional while you're visualizing these things, that's okay. Cry. Cry it out. That's totally fine. It's actually kind of nice to let a single tear drip down while you're meditating. Just stay focused on your meditation. Focus on your breathing. Feel the air moving in and out. Now, what we're going to do for this meditative exercise is with each exhale, I want you to visualize your exhale as if it is water shooting out of one of those carnival game water guns. And you're going to aim that breath, you're going to aim that water gun at the desired outcome. And with each exhale, you're going to 
push it further into the distance so that you can no longer see it. That's what we're going to do, okay? Because the reason that you're suffering with this specific situation is because you have attached it to a desired outcome, okay? So just get that in your mind. I'm going to read the practice. We're going to do some breaths and then go into the meditation, okay? So just keep focusing on those two things, situation, desired outcome. Have you surrendered today? With awareness, say to yourself, I am no longer attached to the outcome of any situation because life knows better than me. Embrace things as they are, not as you think they should be. Read that one more time. Stay in your breath. Stay in your breath. Stay relaxed. Have you surrendered today? With awareness, say to yourself, I am no longer attached to the outcome of this situation because life knows better than me. Embrace things as they are, not as you think they should be. Okay? That's all we're doing in this meditative exercise. Releasing the desired outcome and you are surrendering to the reality of the situation. And from there, you can work to move forward in a positive direction. But we've got to break, break this connection between these two things, okay? So take a nice deep breath in. Hold it at the top. And exhale. Good. Ever so slowly pushing that desired outcome further away until it disappears into the void. Nice deep breath in. Hold it at the top. And exhale.
hope that was good for you. Fun little carnival game. Nice break from the cold weather. And if you are in a warm weather climate, good for you. And also, don't tell us about it. The rest of us are freezing. <laughs> but it's okay. We're surrendering to it, huh? It is what it is. What are we going to do, right? Again, I, we could be sitting inside being mad. Like, look at me. Snowing. Well, why are you mad that there's snow? Because I wish it was sunny. Okay. Great. It's not. I mean, that's that's like the whole meditation, right? So I want you to really think about as you go through your day, when you hit points of tension, right? When you run into that bouncer telling you, nope, you're not going in this club today. When you run into those spots in life, and it happens a lot more than we realize, so just pay attention. Anytime you feel like, oh, a negative emotion, go, wait a minute, what's triggering this? Why am I mad? And it really is, feels like a little kid where it's like you have to ask yourself, okay, why am I mad? Why do I not like this? What do I want to happen instead? And a lot of times the reason we get so upset is because uh, we're like, well, but I wanted something else to happen. Okay, well, guess what, sunshine? <laughs> That's not what's going on. So we got to get over ourselves a little bit and just move forward in the right direction. Okay, so hopefully, again, this meditation helps. And yet, once again, it's all about identifying what's going on with you and being honest with yourself. Why are you upset? What did you want to have happen? Be honest with it. Identify it. And then do this exercise. Close your eyes. Picture your long-lost ex from 25 years ago that you're like, but I really wanted to get married to them. It's like, okay, well, maybe you did. I don't know. But it's, it didn't happen. So were you just going to be depressed the rest of your life? You spend the rest of your life just... Life is not the notebook. We can't just <laughs> sit around and be depressed and write letters back and forth. I mean, you can. Again, you can do whatever you want. It's your choice. I, I highly recommend um, surrendering, you know, with power because it just makes life so much easier. Because <laughs> it's already, I mean, hard enough. I think we can all agree. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to go edit on my new laptop. Woohoo! Oh, so exciting. Um, thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you so much. Uh, I hope this was helpful and stay warm. Have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.